Hey everyone, Josh and Ryan here, and welcome back to the 2% Podcast. Research shows if you put 100 random people in a room, somewhere amongst them, there'll be just two truly incredible, inspirational people who are living their lives to the fullest. In this podcast, we bring those exact people to you, week in, week out. 2% of a day is just half an hour, so thank you for taking 2% of your day to be educated and inspired by joining us on our journey as we learn the secrets, routines and dreams of the two percenters. Okay, hello, welcome back to the 2% podcast. So today we're joined by Gurupma Singh. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to the 2% podcast. So yeah, let's kick straight off with your bio. So if we just get kind of a minute, minute and a half kind of bio of who you are and what we're going to kind of chat about today. Okay, so my name is Gurupma Singh. I'm currently studying mechanical engineering at university, but I want to become a personal development speaker with the main focus of building happiness. So what I realised is a lot of people right now, they have the kind of motivation, they have the perspective on certain goals, but what they lack is understanding of what happiness actually is and where it comes from. People are putting happiness in things which, in the long term, won't actually give them any happiness and it's going to cause the opposite it's going to cause them to be quite sad depressed and I don't want that for people and I've seen it happen to a lot of people and I'm trying to get people to go away from what the world tells you is important like money success fame and go towards actually being a happy person and building your own happiness in life nice so did that this passion and, and this mission that you've sort of got for yourself now, did that come from a discovery within yourself? Like you, you had an epiphany moment almost? or it, it wasn't necessarily like a moment. It's just something that's happened over time. Like I've always been interested in personal development mm. and trying to get better and progressing. But then I progressed quite a lot of different things and I was doing quite well and I was just like, What's the point of it all? Okay, yeah, I'm going to die. And most people, when they think about dying, they just want to kind of like, forget about it they try to ignore the fact that they're going to die and I'm I thought about it quite a lot and I was just like yeah I am going to die I'm going to die I can improve and improve and improve but what's the point of it I can get loads of money but what's the point I can be really successful but what's the point if I'm not happy when you're on your deathbed that's all you're going to be thinking about I was I happy you're not going to be thinking oh how much did I have in the bank account how many followers did I have on Instagram it's just was I happy and that's what people I forget it now, especially with social media, because so many people have been influenced to build a follow and build a brand, build a name, become entrepreneurs, become successful. But if that's not what they actually care about, then they're wasting their one life. And it's a very short life and we're all very lucky to have it. So I don't want them to waste that life and I want them to enjoy it and do something that they actually care about. Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's, it's a kind of, I need to follow my passion and I need to kind of chase what it is that makes me happy. But then at the same time, there's a lot of kind of that external pressure or all these different things that, that you mentioned. So how can we kind of start to take those steps then to, to kind of move past things like materialism and consumerism and external gratification? Like these are big topics. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's just start by kind of breaking, breaking that down a bit. So what, what do we mean when, when we say that? Right, there's two kind of main ways that you can break it down. There's looking at perspective and being self-aware. So the way that you see something materialistic, the way that you Mm. see that, the way that you see yourself, being self-aware. 
if you look at like let's say designer brands and you think that's really important i need i need to have that in my life i need to show people that i've got this Mm. you might think okay that's going to bring me happiness and it might bring you happiness but that's short-term happiness if you if you start to look at things okay what's actually going to make me happy in the long term what am i doing that really fulfills me and the the craziest thing for me is that everybody that you know is going to be dead in 100 years and so you right they're all going to be dead and people live their lives based on what other people say they don't think about what do i actually want what's important for me what where do I want to go with my one short life? And then that's why they get caught up in these distractions is what I call them. Like, you don't need big brands. You don't need... Like, even if you've got money, you don't need to go and buy big brands. You don't need to show the people what you've got. You don't need to show the people what you're doing. As long as you're happy with yourself and with your own life, then there's not really much else. Is this Like, mm-hmm. nothing else is going to matter. Being having a good perspective on that most people don't want that perspective because it's hard it's hard to accept that all the money that you spent on buying these big brands was actually a waste of money it's hard to think that all this time that you spent trying to impress other people was a waste of time (laughs) people don't like going down this path but it's really important that they do because I feel genuinely like deep happiness like I feel really fulfilled with my life I'm, I'm really really grateful for everything that I've got and you can't get to that level if you think, oh, but I don't want to be self-aware. Like, you're going to try and block it out and pretend like it doesn't exist and pretend like it doesn't happen. You, Everybody has the ability to be happy, but very few people want to take advantage of that because it's hard. Yeah. Okay, so let's... Uh, so there's a few things I'm picking out from that. I'm, I'm picking out mortality motivation and using your one life, your your mortality essentially, to motivate yourself to live well, to live better, to live in a more considered way towards what it is that you find fulfilment from. And then I'm hearing that distinction between happiness and fulfilment. So, for example, I may genuinely get fulfilment from purchasing luxury brands. I might take that brand value and exchange it for my currency and genuinely be fulfilled by that. So there's that kind of distinction between what makes you happy, what makes you fulfilled, so maybe let's talk about that, and then the mortality motivation. So basically saying that you're going to be dead in 100 years, so am I, so is everyone else, and that's bad. But if you confront that before it happens, you can kind of use that to propel you forward. Yeah, I mean, mortality motivation is something that we should all really have. People who value their time understand that time is short. It's because they know that one day they're going to die, one day they're not going to have the opportunities that they do. I'm trying to take advantage of every opportunity that I have because I know that in the future I might not get it. And then after that, I'm going to be dead. (laughs) So why not try to spend this one life trying to actually be happy, do something with your life that you care about? is it a kind of a question behind mortality motivation? Do I? Like, it was not a question. I was oh, just repeating. Okay. I, I, I do have a question about it. Like, what what is your relationship with with death? Would you say? Um, just accepted it. It's yeah. going to happen at some point. I don't know when. Or why would I risk not taking advantage of opportunities and being happy now? I'm not putting my happiness in a goal like that. I might achieve in fifty years time or twenty years time, or whatever. 
I'm saying I want to be happy right now in this moment because tomorrow I might die. Mm. So I wake up feeling like, whoa, I'm alive. It, the, <laughs> the chances of us being alive are so small, especially with the technology mm. and resources that we have now. Even like 50 years ago, you wouldn't have had the opportunities that you had today. So the reason I ask that is because it's very interesting for a man as young as yourself to have such a focus on death. And for me, and I think a lot of the society, death is almost a bit of like a taboo subject. And I I wouldn't want to focus on it too much, especially as a motivation towards happiness. Because it's like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It has I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And it does have a bad reputation. But I think even the stigma about death is causing people to not think about it, mm. which is causing more people to waste their time in their life. I don't necessarily think... I don't want people to go, oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, right? I want people to go, I don't have that much time, I don't know when I'm going to die, I want to take advantage of this opportunity that I've got. I'm very lucky. I'm very grateful, and that's where most of my happiness comes from, because I'm so grateful, because I'm so lucky. Where and do you think that gratitude comes from? Just knowing that I, I, I'm so lucky, like... Just the fact that I have hands, the fact that I've got legs, the fact that I can walk about, the fact that I've got a phone in which I can literally check the history of humanity and get resources from every other person in the world and contact so many people. I I could have been born. Like, okay, okay. So my perspective on the gratitude thing, right? My mom's from India and my grandparents are from India. So I've seen firsthand how difficult life can be for some people mm. like i've i've witnessed it i've seen other people like really struggling and i know because of them that i'm very lucky so when it comes to this like my life in england the things that most people complain about i don't see at all in india right if you if you're not smart if you don't study hard and you don't get the best grades right you might not get a job you might just live on the streets that's it that's your life right if you don't get the best grades here, oh, don't worry, we've got an apprenticeship fee here. You got this here, mm. you got that here. And you want me to feel sad about that. Like, I'm grateful for everything that I have. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't see much sadness in it because I know life could be so much worse. If my parents didn't move to England, that would have mm. been it. Like, as in, I would have been in that life. I would have been struggling there. So instead of me thinking about, oh, death is a, such a negative thing, it's just something that reminds me that life could be a lot worse. Things could be a lot worse. So I'm lucky and I'm very happy that I'm lucky. Mm. And that's why I'm kind of living off that. So do you think that experience then of sort of seeing what it's like for other relatives in India, does that give you the sort of comparison to allow you to be grateful? Because I think... as definitely. Yeah, because I think as sort of a Westerner who's only grew up in this really privileged culture, maybe it's harder for me to see how fortunate I am all of the time. Yeah, Definitely, definitely. If you if you only have the perspective of, let's say, your life as a Westerner, you've grew up here, right? You've probably grew up with a n- normal house, mm. right? You've probably grew up with a decent amount of money coming into your family. You can afford, like, holidays, like, every couple of years. You can do things like that, right? My mum's family used to live in one room in a house, and there was a, I can't remember how many there was, but there was a lot of people just all living in one room, like, everything is a very small space. Like, it's probably, like, this room and another room, and that's where everyone lives, and that's where they live their life. And now, when I'm coming to 
and I'm in England and I've got a phone and I've got the potential to make a lot of money and I've got so many different opportunities, not in just one way, but so many different ways where I've got good systems, I've got good friends, everything works out really well for me. I'm very lucky. When something bad happens, I don't think, oh, this is bad. I think, okay, that's not what I want, but I'm, I've still got all these good things. I can't, I can't be upset about that. And the other thing is I can't afford to be upset about that because... When I'm thinking about something that's making me sad, thinking that about something that makes me upset, it's not, it's not that big a deal. And the fact that I don't have that much time, I don't want to spend any time thinking about that. And I just move on to the next thing, something else that'll make me happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because for me, I'm a, I mean, I'm a similar background to Josh. I've grown up here. My parents are from from this country. Um, I've done quite a bit of travelling, so I've got kind of context on. Mm-hmm on other countries and their situations and that's part of kind of the degree and stuff as well studying studying that but I don't know I think what I'm hearing or what I'm what I'm thinking when we're talking about that is that well maybe I need to be more grateful all of the time because actually I take everything for granted Mm. you know like I do have a phone I have an internet connection I have a roof over my head I have water access I have food and things like that but Although that is true in the context in which I live, that is the way that things have always been. Yeah. And so maybe then the things that are likely to upset me or it's frustrate me, or it's all relative, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I think that that's maybe where the phrase kind of first world problems comes from, is that mm. the, the things that you might perceive as an issue, uh-huh. as you say, in the kind of grand scheme of things compared to people across the world, compared to say, I don't know, 80% of the world's population, I'm doing very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. But pro- it, probably it, more than that, right? Yeah, it's, um, it's difficult to kind so of remember it's, that. It's hard to kind mm-hmm. of bring that to the forefront of your mind. So yeah. what is it, would you say, that brings that to the forefront of your mind? Because we're not just saying, you know, reflect on that or kind mm-hmm. of think about it. Like, yeah, you're, you're yeah. saying that you can and you perhaps do use that to propel the way that you live. Yeah, right. That's true, right? That's my kind of own journey, my own perspective yeah, on things, yeah. right? The which has been built up. But for any human being that's alive, you can literally... The fact that you're human, the fact that you can talk, the fact that you can communicate, the fact that you're the dominant species on this planet mm. in this huge, huge universe, which we don't, we don't even know how big it is, right? You want to get concerned about losing a thousand pounds. I get it's relative, right? But... I physically, I just can't get too upset about things that go wrong. Mm. I can't get too upset about failure because I just know that in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. Do you think, right, whenever you're worried about a problem, think, okay, when you die, when you're about to die, is that actually going to affect you? Is that actually going to be upsetting? Yeah, it's hard though because that is putting things in the context of time. Um, And I think thinking about your own mortality brings that closer but then likewise it's like well you could you could have another 80 90 100 years to live Mm -hmm. and so although that problem whatever it might be is almost certainly going to have gone away in one year two years never mind a hundred right now that's a really pressing issue if i've just lost a thousand pounds and all i have is a thousand pounds so like yeah i get it i get it i get the relative kind of perspective view of it when something bad happens to me i'm not like oh i don't worry about it at all yeah it comes to my mind yeah oh my god like what the hell just happened like if i got robbed i'd be like 
I've been robbed. Yeah. I've lost this. I've lost this. Like I, I'm gonna, it's gonna, I'm yeah. gonna feel it, right? Yeah. I'm gonna sound like I'm not like a some, superhuman. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm not a robot. I understand the feeling. I understand the motion. But then I force myself to put that into perspective and continue with my life because I know that okay, even if I got robbed tonight, right? I go home. I say everything's gone. What can I do from this situation? There's this book that I've been reading, right? It's called um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've heard of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right. But in there, it talks about a circle of concern mm-hmm. and a circle of influence. And the, basically, the goal is to make that circle of concern as small as possible and the influence one as big as possible. Mm-hmm. So what can you do that's actually effective? So what can you do that actually makes you that'll make a difference that'll make you feel happier if you get robbed you can't do much about it I mean it does hurt I'm not saying it doesn't but what what's the next step mm. like you can have your time period okay yeah you've got like you, you people that like normally get over it within like let's say a couple of weeks and then after that they've got to move on all I'm doing is shortening shorten that as much as I can to try and save myself as much time mm. so I can take advantage of more opportunities that's it I have a question around reading books such as that. So you you motivated or sort of driven by happiness and you understand it's important and everything you should do uh, is sort of related to happiness. So <clears throat> for me, people that read those sort of books, and I'm, I'm one of those people, by the way, in that category, they're maybe not as well-rounded in, in thinking about that because they're focusing on being productive and achieving things and stuff like that which maybe conflicts happiness sometimes what's your thoughts on that right the thing is with reading books is i used to the past couple of months i think i read like 15 books and after that i was just like what am i doing i'm reading books i'm learning a lot right but i'm not putting any of it into practice mm. there's a really good balance that you need to get of actually learning being productive and making sure that productiveness is actually going to make you happy. A reading is important. There's loads of benefits for it. There's, it's really good. You need to learn before you do something, right? You need to research what you're doing before you actually get down to it. But you've got to make sure that's practical as well. And that's something that I was, I've took time off reading to make sure that I'm being practical. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, try, even if you're trying to be practical and effective, where's the line between being super productive and super effective, but also making sure that you're valuing your own well-being and happiness rather than just going achieve effectiveness, productiveness. Balance and happiness. I balance pretty much everything that I do. I don't let things get out of context. And the reason, the way that I actually do that is self-awareness. I just take a step back every like every time that I'm free, I just think, okay, so like, what's on my mind? What am I thinking about? How am I actually feeling? Right, what's going good, what's going bad. And I I monitor those and I think, okay, how's that going? If it if I'm struggling with my mental well being, then I'll just take time off. Mm. I will. I won't think, oh no, no, I'm gonna force myself to like really like just have to do it. Right. If I think I'm struggling and I need help, then I'll I'll reach out for help. I'll go do something that makes us feel better. I'll go do you know what I mean? There's no it's not people who say you need to just kinda of really dig deep into it and just just really experience the pain and just keep going and keep pushing they might not have your well-being at heart they might not think that's your best interest me i have my well-being at heart because i know if i'm not mentally feeling well then i can't be productive if i'm not physically fit then i can't be productive and 
just like kind of enjoying what you do as well that means that you can be more productive as well because you think oh I'm enjoying what I'm doing mm-hmm. like use my like podcast and use my not even consider this work at the moment because you're just like oh it's something that I enjoy doing it's fun mm-hmm. right you don't have to check your mental well-being after this mm-hmm. people who check their mental well-being is if you hate doing podcasting and you're really stressed after this you might go do something in a stress relief I've do you know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So if you're doing something that you're passionate about and genuinely enjoy, then there's not as much of a conflict between mm. being productive and being happy. Yeah. And they sort of work in harmony. That, that's sense. why I'm so passionate about, like, my main kind of target audience is, like, students and people who are coming out of university because they've got the best opportunities, because they don't have the baggage or they don't have a wife, kids, they're not paying for a car, they're not doing anything extra. They've got the opportunity to really, like, kind of find out what they care about and turn that into their passion and turn that into the job mm-hmm. and so just on that of, um, of targeting students and for your sort of services and your messages of your personal branding mm-hmm. how difficult is that to achieve because we've sort me and Ryan have explored a similar sort of thing of thinking students are ones that could really benefit and need this but equally I think also there's a lot of people that are maybe not actually aware that they need those services yeah right so there's kind of two things with that. I'm at the very, like, kind of start on my journey. And I haven't really went far into it yet. Like, I, my plan is to go into schools and actually talk to students directly. I'm going to be doing that in December and hopefully I can spend my summer trying to get and trying to do that as well. You, you've got to try and talk to the kids directly, but you've got to say it in a way, you've got to be creative in a way that actually they'll think, oh, I care about that. And you take the bit that they care about and you extend it to your message. So if they care about Fortnite, right, you say, okay, we're going to talk about Fortnite for 30 seconds, but after you've talked about the thing that they care about, once you've got their attention, then you turn it into something. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Have you got an ex- So what sort of kids are you talking to? Like, what age range? Like, so, secondary school, is it? Or? So coming out of secondary school, going into sixth form college, apprenticeships, okay, like university, yeah. that kind of level, because that's when people actually start to become more aware of who they are and what they want mm. from life, mm-hmm. and that's when they have the opportunity to do something about it too yeah have you got an example then of where you would sort of take what they're interested in and convert into your sort of message of happiness and don't worry if i just put you on the spot (laughs) um i was gonna say could you be like uh, i'm not sure what you mean by that take the interest into so where you said like you you take when you're delivering your messages you take the part that they're interested in okay, okay and then you turn it into or you extend it and where you've got their attention you sort of deliver your message if you're trying to get the attention of like a kind of like a young kid or something like that, mm. you could like show them a meme or a funny joke, something that's really about like something that's like take all right, adverts. What are adverts? Use celebrity endorsements. Yeah, they get some. They get someone that people know that they care about, right? And then as soon as you've got that person's attention, then they plug the product. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. what Same it is. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But you're just trying to do it through actual good messaging. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not trying to, not trying um, to just get them to buy my stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I see that. So bringing it back, how can we differentiate between happiness and something that can make you happy mm. and fulfilment? Is it the fact that they're basically the same thing, but fulfilment is long term, or or what? How do you dis? How do you yeah, make? Yeah, fulfilment's more of kind of. I, I genuinely feel like fulfilment only really comes from doing what you love or 
having something in your life that you really really love mm. okay so I'm doing personal development speaking that's what I want to do that I, that's what I feel fulfilled about right I'm spreading my message I'm trying to help people you might get someone who as a parent their fulfillment in life comes from raising their kid right that might yeah. be the, that might be what makes them happy it doesn't necessarily need to be this is your job this is your career it could just be this is just what makes you feel fulfilled mm. and happiness right the thing about happiness is every single thing that we do, every single action that we take is always with our happiness at our best interest. Everything. Even if you sacrifice something, the only reason you sacrifice it is because you think this will make me happy. The reason you talk to certain people, the way that you talk to them is all because you think this is going to make me happy. Every decision you make is based off happiness. So we're all trying to get to happiness. But the problem is a lot of the happinesses that we see and the happinesses that we chase don't actually last very long and they don't give us the actual fulfillment that we want Mm. so extending on that and picking up on what you said earlier on so like a lot of people find it really really hard to self-examine in in this way because essentially what we're saying is that there are a lot of influences on us as people that you know you've got school you've got parents you've got society at large right Mm. that can make you feel and think a certain way in a certain situation that might not be indicative of what makes you happy or fulfilled right and what you're basically saying is that there's some untangling that needs to be done to meet and find what it is that makes you happy so how how can we go about if we're to kind of distill it down we talked about self-awareness and perspective how can we go about making that kind of untanglement happen right it's not easy but yeah right okay so what i would say is try to limit your external influences so even like i said i mentioned music before if you're listening to a lot of music your mood is going to be influenced by by that music we don't want to spend time with our own thoughts and what we actually think Mm. and what we actually feel if you instead of sitting in your room listening to music sat in your room and just thought and just let yourself let your brain think and find out what you want you'll you'll get on the steps of being more self-aware you'll start to understand what you think generally what you actually feel and instead of kind of masking it like as in when you're upset you probably have like some sort of trigger okay like i felt very anxious today so i went and ate something yeah you've got that coping mechanism yeah right yeah understanding those coping mechanisms and essentially destroying them or changing them for something which you value more Mm. is important so like as in if your coping mechanism is eating but at the same time you want to lose weight if they're not going to work yeah. together you've got to find You've something else conflict yeah yeah no it makes sense and i mean that's kind of mindfulness isn't it in terms mm. of like being mindful being still the value of examining your own thoughts but also just kind of letting them pass and accepting them as they kind of come and go that's kind of the premise of mm. of that as a as a practice isn't it it's to basically say that kind of strip everything away and spend time internally yeah, rather yeah, yeah. than externally right so is, is that something that you're kind of aware of practicing. practicing yeah yeah definitely even like the people that I have around us I, I try to limit them in terms of how much time I spend with them because I know that if I spend too much time with them I might start thinking I might start having the exact same thoughts of them which yeah. I don't actually believe myself uh-huh. so even if that's like someone with close family or something like that like your mom might say she might instill these values on you 
and then you've got those values internally and you you live your rest of the life with that but deep down that's not what you believe and when you go through it in your head you break things down your mom might be wrong yeah sorry I say mom I mean mom for those people who don't understand <laughs> But we've spoken about that before, haven't we? Like, it's the kind of common adage of you're the, what is it, makeup of the five people you spend the most time with. Like, yeah, yeah. there is a lot of thought and, and content out there around that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. But we've never really spoken about taking that to a level of actually limiting the time you have with certain people or things like that. I don't think, really. Mm-hmm. Like, we've kind of you spoken... touched on it a bit. Yeah, I... I I seem to remember what we've spoken about kind of uh, cutting people out when, like, in terms of being in a toxic environment, but maybe not to the level where there's kind of no toxicity involved. It's just trying to move forward towards something that is kind of increasing your happiness. I do think that's one thing that people, like, herd mentality. People see other people doing something and then mm. they go and follow that. What is that called, sorry? Hurt. Herd mentality. Herd mentality. Yeah. So like, what everybody else is doing, you just go and follow and you will do it. It's very important that you live your own life. My family don't necessarily understand what I'm doing right now as a personal development speaking. Yeah. Like they don't understand that they they might not value it. Right. My friends might not value it, but I value it, and it's important to me. And it's making Mm. me feel happy and fulfilled. And people are getting scared. Oh, that that person said this about me, or this person thinks that or my friend doesn't like this, so then they'll sacrifice their actual dream because of those people, and I don't want that for people, and I don't practice that myself. I'd, if someone's being negative towards me, then I either confront them about it and be like, no, this is what I believe and this is what I'm going to do, or I just cut them out. There's, you've got to make some sort of compromise because it's your happiness, and you can't sacrifice that for even the people that you really care about. You... you if you sacrifice your own happiness in life for somebody else, even if that's your mom, you won't be happy in the end. And because you're not happy, other people around you won't be happy too. Mm. That's a great message. Okay, so I think we're going to call it there for that episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and stay tuned very soon for the second part of this discussion. We've got the word association game. We've got a bit more around Gurutma's kind of personal mindset and the goals that he's setting and what he's looking at for the future. Uh, so that'll be that'll be out in a few days. So yeah, thank you so much uh, for tuning in and make sure that you leave us some feedback uh, or drop us a text around the new format. How are you finding it? Half an hour? Is that too short? Is that is that too long? Um, especially if you've been listening from the start where we used to have our episodes. Uh, If you're a new listener, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, take care. Well, that's it for another episode of the 2% Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording. If you or someone you know has a story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. So please get in touch. And if you have a question you want answering, send it in to us using Anchor Voice Messages and you can feature in a future episode. All the links are in the description. Stay motivated, follow your dreams, and as always, do it with a smile.